Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Hello and welcome to the Evan Witt Show here. I am Evan Witt. The Evan Witt Podcast is brought to you by Coach Evan Fitness. I am Coach Evan as well. And if you're looking to get healthy, lose some weight, uh, get your summer body ready to go and learn some healthy eating, then I am here to help you. I've lost well over 100 pounds following programs through the company Beachbody, and I want to help you sign up and have similar results that I have had. Rather be it you want to lose 5, 10, 15 50 pounds or just learn uh, healthy eating habits. It can help, Beachbody can help you with everything as they have nutritional plans with every program, an online uh, cooking show as well as two cookbooks that can help you learn how to eat healthy, and that's what I want to help you with if you're interested. You can shoot me an email at coachevan66 at gmail.com. With that said, a uh, jam-packed show here today. Um, lots going on in uh, in the world of Wisconsin sports. Uh, crazy stuff going on with the Brewers, the Bucks, and the Packers. And for the the Brewers and the Bucks, it's good crazy. The Brewers are off to a great start. Um, depending uh, depending on a being dependent on a uh, bullpen, uh, pretty uh, unknown bullpen. They are surviving, and they have uh, they have uh, went out to a good start. They swept the Reds in three games, and they took three of uh, four against the Cardinals to start out six and one. The uh, the the they take on the Cubs starting today, and we'll see if the Brewers can continue this hot start and beat the uh, the. The Cubs, who are definitely struggling as we speak. The Bucks clinched the number one seed in the NBA playoffs throughout, including NBA Finals, if they get to that point, which we all hope that they do. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo put up 45 last night against the Philadelphia 76ers out in Philly to give the Bucks that one seed throughout the playoff, 128-122 win. The Bucks entered the fourth quarter trailing the game and then went on a big run towards the end, also playing some outstanding defense. Middleton got hot, and the Bucks got the win without Eric Bledsoe, who got thrown out just three minutes into the game. So Bucks Brewers doing well. The Packers, not the good grade day. Um, earlier this week, Wednesday, I want to say it, Rob Demosky of ESPN came out with an article or published an interview 
that he had with uh, Mike McCarthy, talking about Mike McCarthy's departure in Green Bay. McCarthy felt hurt with the way it was handled, but McCarthy took the high road and did not bash the organization, did not bash Rogers, did not bash uh, Mark Murphy, Ted Thompson, or anything. He just, you know, talked about what he's up to now, what he hopes to do in the future, and, uh, you know, he had no uh, no hard feelings in, in Green Bay, which, you know, or he, at least he didn't say any in the, uh, in the interview that he had any hard feelings. He took the high road, which is good. But then the very next day, Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report comes out with an article uh, in Bleacher Report magazine kind of talking about what went wrong in Green Bay. And take everything in the article with a grain of salt, because I think James Jones said it best. You know, it's people's opinions on what happened. And that's true, because, you know, like uh, Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley are two people that have shown no uh, hesitation when it comes to trying to bash Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason. Um, They feel hurt by him where some teammates love Aaron Rodgers. They have nothing but positive, good things to say about Aaron Rodgers, a la Julius Peppers, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, uh, Sitton and Lang. Uh, They all have positive, good things to say about Rodgers. Jermichael Finley and uh, Greg Jennings constantly put him down any chance they get. So, yes, you take what they had to say with a grain of salt. Is there some truth behind it? Probably, um, but th- again, the thing is, you take what they sell at the grain of salt. And there's also guys that criticize McCarthy with apparently getting a massage during a team meeting rather than being in the team meeting. Um, Rogers questioning McCarthy's football intelligence, McCarthy not being fully committed this past year. And just the rift that McCarthy and Rogers have seemed to have had since 2006. Now, some of this stuff that we've we've known without having it confirmed that has has been going on at 1265. But Tyler Dunn kind of pulled the sheets off and showing you that yes, things were not all sunshine and rainbows in 1265. Ted Thompson deteriorating health, falling asleep in uh, meetings. McCarthy just basically seemingly to be checked out. Rogers doing whatever Rogers wanted to do, and it seems like Mark Murphy finally got to the point that he had enough, and he made changes. First, he gets rid of Ted Thompson and brings in Brian Gutenkoos. Then he restructures the front office. Then Mark, uh, Mike McCarthy and and Gutenkoos answer to him, and that as does Russ Ball. That's how the power structure is going to be. And then he ends up firing Mike McCarthy with four games left in the regular season in 2018 that he proceeds to hire Matt LaFleur or him and Brian Gutenkoos proceeds to hire Matt LaFleur to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And apparently Mark Murphy said to Rodgers, don't be, you know, don't be uh, trouble, basically telling him he needs to make it work. So there's lots in this Bleacher Report article, and I I recommend you read it. I, I know you you feel it's just trash journalism and taking uh, shots at Rogers or taking shots at McCarthy, but there's a lot in here. And for those that are critical of unnamed sources uh, speaking out, they have to they have to be unnamed. 
because they can't put their name on it right now because some of them are currently working in the NFL or they don't want to to be known that that's who it is. And for those that are currently working in the NFL, I'm going to take a wild guess. The personnel people that they talk to and the scouts are probably all in Cleveland right now or, uh, you know, or Seattle and and, uh, Schneider out there. And if they are speaking on the record with their names behind these statements and these quotes, they can get in trouble for, quote, tampering potentially. So, yeah, of course they're not going to attach their names to uh, what they're saying in this article. And the thing is, if you, if you do name your, your sources, you are going to then lose those sources because they are going to potentially lose their jobs or if they keep their jobs, they're not going to trust you anymore to give you information. But, you know, as I said, James Jones said it best. You know, these are a bunch of people's opinions. And Greg Jennings and Michael Finley, as wrong as you want to say they are, they do have the right to their opinion, how they feel their relationship with Aaron Rodgers is. They don't feel they had a good relationship with Rodgers. They feel Rodgers was kind of shallow and cold and ruthless to them. They have the right to feel that way, just like Jones, Cobb, Jennings, Nelson, Peppers, Kuhn, just like those guys have the right to feel that Aaron Rodgers and them are good buddies and they're close and, you know, he's a great leader and whatever. They have the right to feel that way. So Jones said it best. It's, a, you know, these are these people's opinions, which is, you know, that's, that's true. I think there's some truth to it. I think there is some truth to Rodgers and McCarthy not getting along. Some of the details might not be as accurate as it could be being that these guys might have, who are talking to Ty might have over-exaggerated it a little bit, like was McCarthy getting massages at the team headquarters uh, during the day? Probably. Was it during team meetings? Maybe, maybe not. McCarthy doesn't really strike me as a person that would be doing that during uh, when he's trying to prepare for a game. I don't know the man personally. I could be wrong. I don't know. But just to bash the article as complete trash and nonsense, I think, is overreaction. And to use the article as gospel on what was going on at 1265 behind closed doors, again, I think that's a little, uh, you know, that's a little overreaction as well. You know, use critical thinking with this situation at the end of the day. Critical thinking, you know, it, it, it works. Like, you know, think about it. You know, look at it from a, a bigger perspective. Look at it with what it is and, you know, move on. It, it isn't, a, you know, trash journalism and it isn't uh, the gospel told by Tyler Dunn. It's not. It's people he spoke to giving him this information that he then verified the best that he could. Again, some of it could have been overreact, you know, over-exaggeration by his sources. Some of it might not have been. Um, but I kind of agree with James Jones, though, that if you have a problem with somebody, you're in the same locker room with him, or you're in the same locker room with somebody, you got a problem with somebody, work it out in the locker room. That, that, that is true. I do agree with that. But Tyler Dunn, to me, did a great job putting together this, uh, this uh, article, putting together this behind the curtains of 1265. To me, he did a really good job. And like I said, it's not the gospel and it's not trash. The truth probably lays somewhere in between on the true aspects of what really happened. 
Um, the truth lays somewhere in between. And that that's really how I feel about it. Now I hope the Packers can move on. I hope Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers can build a relationship that's positive. I hope that the offense finds its way. They Gooden Pooch is definitely being the anti Ted Thompson, especially in the later years, by signing uh Zadarius Smith, by signing Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, three guys to help their defense immediately. Um, offensive lineman, uh, name is Casey at the moment, bring him in to solidify that offensive line a little bit to try to put the Packers back in the playoffs to proceed at a, a run at the Super Bowl. That's what Gutenkus is doing. Ted Thompson was obviously there a few years too long, and his health was deteriorating. As, you know, it sounded like he was falling asleep in meetings and start, you know, slurring speech and didn't seem to quite be all there. And now, and Rob Demosky mentioned this on 105.7 The Fan when he was talking about his interview um, about Mike, uh, Mark, Mike McCarthy showing up at uh, Ted Thompson's uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. You know, Rob Demosky made the comment, which is very troubling, that Ted Thompson may not, you know, McCarthy wants to be there, but it's not a question of McCarthy being there or not. It's a question of could Ted Thompson even make it to his meeting because it seems like he's deteriorated that much since being, you know, removed from his GM title in Green Bay that now it's a hard time for him to even travel. He can't travel on his own. He's not well. And it, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's sad. It really is. And, Thompson, I don't think Thompson was at this point psychologically. I don't think he was at this point physically. I don't think his health was at this point when he got removed from power of GM because we've seen it. You know, a guy I want to bring up is Joe Paterno. He had coach at Penn State, uh, leaves there in disgrace, and within months his health deteriorates to the, place, to the point that he passes away. You see it, you know, all the time. Thompson lived, breathed. Uh, Green Bay football. He he didn't have a wife, didn't have children. Green Bay Packers was his livelihood. Being the general manager of the Packers was his livelihood. And he uh, he loses his job, and he has to you know lose his job, and now what does he have to live for in his mind? He lost his livelihood, and it's sad, and I think that's why his uh, his health deteriorated so much because he lost what got him going every day. He lost what got him up and moving around. People who retire, you see this a lot, um, that when they don't have things to work for, they, they tend to lose it a little bit. You see it with married couples all the time, too. People that have been married for, for seemingly forever, their spouse passes away, and a lot of times within a few short months, few short weeks, a uh, few short days even, they end up passing away. And why? They lost what they what was keeping them moving. They lost what was keep pushing them forward. They lost what they lived for. And that's what happened with Ted Thompson. So I think that's why his health has deteriorated so much. I think that's why it's happened so fast, and I think that's why he's where he's at right now. Was his health bad while he was in Green Bay? Well, we all saw the picture of him in the press box with the 
mouth hanging open, looking like he didn't know where he was. So, yeah, his health was getting bad and great day. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back, and the board finally decided it was time to do something about it. Um, but I think people were, you know, they, they didn't want to feel bad by removing Thompson from power because they knew that's what he lived for. He lived for working with the Packers. And what ultimately, who takes responsibility for the Packers, non-dynasty, um, ultimately, I think it falls on a combination of Mark Murphy, Mike McCarthy, Ted Thompson, Aaron Rodgers. I think it falls on all of them, the board of directors, because they let Thompson stick around for probably three, four years longer than they should have. Uh, Thompson left McCarthy stick around and allowed McCarthy to keep Capers around for a few years longer than he should have. Um, Murphy could have done something sooner, but he was all involved in the uh, the the title town district and the sledding hill and the business aspect of 1265, which that's what his really his job is, and that's been the job of the Packer president to kind of be the the business guy, the de facto owner, um, and let the GM run the personnel side of things. And really, Mark Murphy did an overcorrection. Real at the end of the day, he overcorrected. He, he overcorrected by by overreacting to how things went. He he saw that things uh, were getting really really bad and overcorrected in the other direction. Um, that's what he did, and now he took more power in the player personnel side. And will he eventually swing back the other way? Probably. But we tend to overcorrect. Um, it's funny, I get the term and the analogy from the show How I Met Your Mother, but it's true. You know, and we are dating somebody in one one capacity and we break up with them, we usually overcorrect to the exact opposite of that person if it was a bad breakup. That's what Mark Murphy did is he saw the, the problems and the issues that happened with Ted Thompson and how he was out of the loop on the person on the football side of things because he was so involved on the business side of things, he overcorrected because he didn't want to see this happen again. Again, will he over will he come back the other way once Gutenkuth gets some experience, once he kinda sees that Gutenkuth does kinda know what he's doing, um, he may swing back the other way a little bit. Um likely. I, that's what I see happening. I see him backing off, letting Bri, uh, Brian Gut have control over things, and I see that moving forward. So that's my that's my thoughts on the article, the the pulling the curtain back, I guess you want to call it. Um, that's pretty much my thoughts on that. I think we need to take what was said with a grain of salt, not as a gospel, considering who spoke out a lot, especially the the on-the-record people, guys that have a history of just bashing Rodgers any chance they get, it seems like. But the thing is, they have the right to feel that way. If that's how they felt their relationship is, was with Rodgers, then they have that right to feel that way. You know, we don't have to agree with it. We don't have to... um, say they're wrong or they're right, but we, you know, that's, they do have the right to feel that way. So 
So with that said, oh, and the other thing, too, I wonder what kind of impact this is going to have with Mike McCarthy trying to get another coaching job in the future, another head coaching job. Is he going to be able to get another head coaching job with all this crap hitting the fan? Is he going to be able to? I don't know. I, I don't know if he will be able to get a new coaching job. I don't know if the team will want to bring him in uh, after seeing and hearing all this stuff that allegedly happened in Green Bay. I don't know. I don't know if he will get another job. I hope. I, I like. I personally like Mike McCarthy, but he does have to evolve. He does have to change his ways a little bit in order to get to the point that he gets another job. Uh, but I'll be interested to see if he can, and hopefully, and I'll be interested to see what he learned, what he learned from his year off, how how he evolves his game, how he uh, moves forward after the way things ended in Green Bay. I think it'll take the right situation to hire him, a la maybe Pittsburgh. If Mike Tomlin doesn't come back to Pittsburgh after the end of next season, um, but I honestly don't know if McCarthy will get another job. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Will Mike McCarthy get another job after this article came out? Tweet at me, Coach. Uh, at uh, Evan Whip Sports, you can shoot me an email to give me your thought, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think of McCarthy and this article with, uh, with uh, by Demotsky and by Tyler Dunn that kind of points, uh, pulls the curtain back and paints what was going on in Green Bay in a not-so-good light. Um, so with that, I do want to move on. Uh, Brewers and Bucks are going extremely well. Um, um, but also this weekend, we got WWE WrestleMania, the biggest, quote, WWE pay-per-view of the year, the show of now, we were going to try to get a guest on today to talk WrestleMania, um, but I'm guessing something happened that he's not able to join us. Um, but I want to talk WrestleMania now. And we're looking at the card right now for WrestleMania. It's a history-inspired WrestleMania, main event in WrestleMania for the first time is a women's triple threat match for the SmackDown Raw Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. Never have we had women main event WrestleMania before. So it just kind of shows you how the women's division, especially at the top of the women's division, your Lynch, your Charlotte, your Rousey, your Asuka, who kind of got screwed a little bit. At the top of the women's division, Bailey, Sasha Banks, the first ever uh, WWE Women's Take Team Championship, shows you how strong their women's division is, that they feel comfortable enough not only late last year having an all-women's pay-per-view, but at WrestleMania allowing Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky to main event WrestleMania. That's huge for the women's division. The Universal Championship, you got Brock Lesnar, the champion, versus Seth Rollins. For the WWE Championship, you got Kofi Kingston uh, competing against the champion, Daniel Bryan. 
You have Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, which I'm really excited for that match. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton could be a great match, could be epic, or it could be a snooze match. It really all depends on how invested Randy Orton is in this match. We know we're going to get the best of the best of AJ Styles, and he can have great matches with seemingly anybody you put on the opposite side of the ring with him. Or could... um, Could... um, so Randy Orton kind of sabotage and screw things up a little bit. We'll find that out. You know, we'll, we'll find that out soon enough um, on what's going to happen with that. But it all depends on what version of Randy Orton do we have, the invested Randy Orton or the checked out. We have Triple H versus, versus Batista in a match that's going to go a lot longer than it needs to do with, quote, Triple H's career on the line. They basically made this match by Batista tapping a 70-year-old man on his birthday. That's how they made that match. They have Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship, which we're going to see the Demon show up, which we'll see if they have the Demon continue to be undefeated on the main roster or in general in WWE, or they're going to have Bobby Lashley kind of ruin that. The match that's kind of unsure if it's going to happen. Rey Mysterio Jr. fighting Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. Mysterio battling an ankle injury from his match against Baron Corbin from Monday. The Women's Take Team Championship has turned into a four-corners match with Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on Beth Phoenix and Natalia, Nia Jack and Tamina, and the Iconics. The Miz facing Shane McMahon in another match that's going to go a lot longer than it needs to. Um, They had to get this on WrestleMania because Shane has to fight at WrestleMania every year, apparently. Kurt Angle taking on Baron Corbin in a farewell match for Kurt Angle, which might change. Um, They might might, might do a swerve at the last minute and throw somebody else in this match with the way the crowd has reacted to Corbin being the guy to be Angle's last ever WWE match. We'll see. The SmackDown Take Team Championships is a four-cornered match with the Usos taking on Ricochet and Alistair Black, who is actually getting their third title uh, title shot in a week. They fought for the, Wall, the Raw Take Team Championships on Monday. They're fighting for the NXT Take Team Championships on Friday, later today, and they're fighting for the SmackDown Take Team Championships at WrestleMania on Sunday. They could be a double champion after Sunday. Added to the match is The Bar and Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, two guys that WWE has just completely ruined. The Raw Taking Championship is going to see the revival defending against Yawn, Zack Ryder, and Kurt Hawkins. Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy taking on Tony Nese. And you have the Andre the, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which will be on the kickoff show. The Women's Battle Royal, which will also be on the kickoff show. But you have the Raw Tag Team Champions with the Revival taking on Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins on the main show. But you push the Cruiserweight Championship match for, what, the third year, second year in a row at WrestleMania to the pre-show, for the kickoff show. To me, that's just messed up. Because why are you giving Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins a title shot at WrestleMania? 
That just doesn't make any freaking sense to me. So WrestleMania, and I love watching WrestleMania, the problem with this year's WrestleMania is either going to be really good, exceed expectations, or it's going to suck. I don't really see anywhere in between because what's going to likely happen, my prediction, is the Women's Battle Royal, they're likely going to have uh, Asuka win. Um, she'll likely win. Um, she dropped her championship at SmackDown last week. Um, so they're going to have her win to give her that moment. She lost to Charlotte Flair last year at WrestleMania and wasn't in the Women's Battle Royal, but she'll likely win it this year. She'll get that weird-looking trophy that they have for it. The Andre the Memorial Battle Royal kickoff uh, match. Lots of options. Braun Strowman makes the most sense. Um, you could also have you know somebody have a huge moment like Apollo Crews to help push them on and make a push moving forward. Um, you can have EC3 win it to help push him on a, a mega push moving forward. But you're likely going to have Michael Che and Colin Jost end up winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because they're going to make it a joke, just like when Mojo, Mojo Rousey, Rousey won and they had Rob Gronkowski come in and help him win. They're, they're going to do it for uh, the celebrity publicity to get out of it. I don't know how they're going to have Che and Joe win, but somehow they're going to win, unfortunately. Buddy Murphy should retain the uh, Cruiserweight Championship as he is the, really the only one in the Cruiserweight division that really probably could uh, sell this match. Well, the Revival is going to win, guaranteed, unless the Revival is going to be on their way out after WrestleMania. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are not winning the tag team championships. That would just be stupid. Um, Ricochet and Alistair Black, I think, will win the t- SmackDown tag team champions. Start a few between the Usos and Ricochet and Alistair Black. Um, I think that's what we're going to see out of WrestleMania. The Bar and Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, one of those two teams, will be the ones to take the pinfall. So it'll uh, end up making, uh, uh, you know, the Usos lose their championship without being pinned, and it's going to start that feud. Uh, Kurt Angle versus, as of right now, Baron Corbin. Kurt Angle's going to win. They wouldn't put him in a match against Baron Corbin, who the fans don't like, not over at the fans, getting the the X-Pac heat, as it's called. Kurt Angle's going to win. It's, it's a no-brainer. Like, they're not going to have Baron Corbin beat Kurt Angle in his match. The Miz will likely beat Shane McMahon in the Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, that's likely what's going to happen. Uh, at least I hope that's what happens uh, because you really shouldn't have the boss's son who likes jumping off tall things uh, at, at pay-per-views for whatever reason, especially WrestleMania. You, you, you're not going to have him beat the Miz, I hope. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championship should stay on the waist of Sasha Banks and Bailey, but with the Hart Foundation entering the WWE Hall of Fame over the weekend, um, which includes which is Natalia's father, uh, Jim the Animal Nyhart, and her uncle Brett the Hitman Hart, I could I could realistically see Beth Phoenix and Natalia winning the tag team championships for the women at WrestleMania. 
I hope they keep the titles on Banks and Bailey, but I realistically could see Natalia and Beth Phoenix winning. Samoa Joe should win if the match does happen. He'll beat Mysterio. I wonder if they're going to have his son uh, get involved and screw Mysterio. That would be very WWE of them. Finn Balor should win the Intercontinental Championship. And hopefully, 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 this ends this Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor feud. Very boring feud. Triple H will beat Batista because, you know, Triple H has never beaten Batista. So, of course, Triple H is going to win, especially with his career on the line. AJ Styles should beat Randy Orton. Roman Reigns will beat Drew McIntyre. They're not going to have Roman Reigns lose his first match, the first singles match back from his leukemia battle. They're going to have him beat Drew McIntyre. Uh, Daniel Bryan will likely beat Kofi Kingston by either the New Day screwing him or you're going to have uh, uh, Luke Harper or Bray Wyatt show up to help Daniel Bryan. And I was all set to say Seth Rollins would win. Fired up. Seth Rollins, get the title on him, get it off Brock Lesnar. We're going to see the Universal Championship at Raw. Moving forward, hallelujah. I'm not a big Brock Lesnar fan anymore. I loved him when he first, first, first came into WWE, but now I don't like him very much. But the rumor has it that he just re-signed a new contract, short-term contract with the, the WWE Um Unfortunately, the outcome of that match will be your winner and still reigning, defending, conquering Brock Lesnar. He's going to end up winning, unfortunately, because he just resigned. Why would he resign if they're going to take the championship off of him? And the women's uh, winner-take-all triple threat for the women's titles match, I hope they have Becky Lynch win. Um, but I think they're going to have Charlotte probably get the win over Becky. Rousey is going to kind of leave for a little while, and then we're going to continue Charlotte and Becky feud moving forward and probably into as far as SummerSlam. So that's my WrestleMania predictions. Love to get your thoughts on WrestleMania. Love to get your thoughts on what the article is written about the Packers, uh, the Brewers' thoughts. Um, Brewer thoughts, Bucks thoughts, follow me and tweet at me at Evan with Sports. And with that said, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. For those that will be watching WrestleMania, I hope it's a great show. Um, and I will uh, get back at you next week to recap what happened to WrestleMania. Talk Milwaukee Bucks, talk Milwaukee Brewers. And with that said, I will talk to you all later. Have a good one, everybody.